0: Here's Joanne White.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Power Your Life, and I'm really, really excited today because we are in store for something incredibly wonderful. Many of us go through grief, which is natural when we lose a loved one. And we all often feel that that's the end, that that we don't know how to connect with that person until perhaps we pass over. And yet there is, I'm not going to say it's magic, but there are some wonderful ways to really keep that relationship, that connection strong, despite the distance, the physicality of it all. And we have an incredible expert to help us take a look at that. Dr. Jamie turned off. AKA Dr. Love wrote this incredible book. It's called Love Never Dies How to Reconnect and Make Peace with the Deceased. She is known as Dr. Love for good reason. She's a relationship ex- expert, excuse me, a renowned therapist. And Dr. Jamie has been seen on numerous TV shows. She's the go to relationship expert on CNN, CBS, VHI, WebMD, and MSNBC. For over 30 years, Jamie has been turning clinical psychobabble into easy-to-understand concepts, helping transform lives, and helping couples find healing and peace. This book, and I have it in my hands right now, really helps us to understand how our loved ones aren't really gone, and again, how we can connect with them, and Jamie's story is incredible. Welcome, Dr. Jamie. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm so happy to be
1: with you. That's wonderful. And, and you know, this book resonates because it just has so much beautiful, peaceful energy about it, too. I know that you have an incredible story about you and your hus- your deceased husband, Jean. So tell us a little bit about that, because a lot of that is interwoven, Dr. Jamie, with, with the reason and everything that's inside and beyond this book.
2: Oh, thanks. I, I love to share a little bit of it. I have to give a bit of a backdrop so that people understand how I came to be with Jean for almost 30 years. When I was a young girl, I had a premonition of the guy I was going to marry. I actually saw his face. I saw his body. And so I said to myself, I'm not going to date. I'm just going to wait until this man appears in my life. <laughs> Very medieval concept. No dating, right? <laughs> so he actually appeared on the first day of my freshman year at vassar college i'd been shut out of all intro sociology and i really wanted to take sociology so i asked the department secretary judy cadwallader what can i do and she said go ask the chair of the department jean pin if he can find a seat for you in one of the closed classes well the minute i stepped into his office I had the first and only out-of-body experience of my life. I literally felt my soul shooting at high speed through a tunnel to the end of my life. Then I shot back into my body when I received the message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he is going to be everything to you one day. And then I forgot all about it and went about my life as a college student. Now, I found out right after I met Shaw that for most of his life, he had been one of the most famous Jesuit priests in history. He had taught at the Vatican, and he founded a movement called Liberation Theology designed to fight church oppression from within. And he actually launched to international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church as they were trying to block the legalization of divorce. And he was a radical feminist Jesuit priest. He didn't want to see women trapped in marriages where they were being abused. So he fought on the grounds of religious freedom, liberation theology. The church should butt out of the private sector, He won. He got the divorce bill passed and changed the course of Italian history. And soon after, the Pope granted him the dispensation of his vows so he wasn't excommunicated, and he was recruited by Vassar to be the chair of the Department of Sociology. And he had been there for 10 years on the day that I met him. Now, everybody has to know this. My background is is completely different from Jean's. I was raised by two devoutly atheist Jewish parents. <laughs> the only religion my parents practiced was religiously hating each other's guts and mine. And uh, I'm joking about it, but I tell the whole the whole tale in Love Never Dies. So <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> I had a completely different background, never went to church or synagogue, never discussed religion, I didn't discuss religion with Jean, for the 27 years that we we ended up together. So now, how we ended up together was my senior year at Vassar. And I needed help with a statistical portion of my thesis, and I had heard that, among other things, He had been a very prominent statistician having founded the Vatican's first and only social research center. So even though he wasn't my advisor, I asked him for help with my statistics. He cheerfully gave me his time and within a couple of weeks, we just knew. We were crazy for each other. We were twins separated at birth. We were really soulmates. And from that moment on, We were inseparable for the 27 years we were together. Now, in the last year of Jean's bodily life, we both started having a premonition that he was going to, quote, unquote, die of an accident. We just didn't know when or where it was going to happen. So we go to our final vacation in Italy. We're sitting on the beach one day, and Jean's hand is up over his head as if to block the rays of the sun. Mm. The next thing I know, a bee swoops down and stings his left hand at the exact location of Christ's stigmata. And now I watch my beloved suffocate to death in front of my eyes. So I try to describe the agony of having him ripped from me. You know, I describe it in Part 1 of Love Never Dies, and I talk about how I go back to the hotel room, and I'm lying on the bed, and I'm shaking, and I'm trembling, and I'm crying hysterically, and the next thing I know, I feel that man's hand stroke the entire length of my spine. And I sit bolt upright. I look over my shoulder because I know what I felt. I didn't see anything, but I knew he was with me in spirit form. And he has been with me ever since. And his astonishing manifestations to this day often in front of witnesses, have proven to me we don't die, and therefore our relationships are not meant to end in death. And so I've created what I call my groundbreaking new transdimensional grief therapy method, which totally diverges from the Western approach to grief therapy, which, as you know, is grieve, let go, move on, and do it in six months. And if you're not over it in six months, we're going to give you a psychiatric <laughs> label, and we're going to slap <laughs> drugs down your throat. You know, all of this is, an, is appalling. So instead instead Instead, my method shows you how to say hello, not goodbye, and how to do it without a medium, a channeler, or a psychic. And then there's one more thing. As a shrink, I know millions of people worldwide harbor unfinished business with those in spirit. And again, Western grief therapy offers us no way of making peace. So my new trans-dimensional grief therapy method and my dialoguing with the departed technique enables us to not only reconnect, but also work out the unfinished business we harbor with those in spirit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, one of the reasons that you and John came together was for some of the work that you're doing with John now, even though Absolutely. he's not in his physical body.
2: Can Absolutely. Can you describe right. that with us? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, one of the things, you know, in part one of Love Never Dies, I tell my, my ongoing discovery of his presence, right? And one of the first things he said to me was, Jamie, you can't give up, you can't die. We have so much work left to do in our ministry. I'm holding your hand every minute till you return to me and i and i said ministry what what are you talking about i'm a nice jewish girl <laughs> ministry i don't believe in god i don't believe in the afterlife but he began to reveal to me what exactly he meant the ministry essentially the telling of our story is a big part of the ministry so that people hear just how present Jean is and so that they discover how present their loved ones are do you want
1: me to share a couple of those Stories? would you can you but i would but love I to i read, would love can to can i just read something that even though sure. and that i love jean told me this is t- his t- you i'm reading exactly from your book yeah. Baby, love never dies jean told me soon after leaving his body now do you understand why your doctor mm. love because yeah. i touch and love all the millions that you touch and love yeah. I have tears in my eyes when I when I read
2: that. Yes, I have chills as you're saying it because hearing it repeated back to me, I realize the full significance of that communication. Yes. So give yes.
1: us a couple of those stories. We'd love. It. Okay,
2: okay. So when I came back from Italy and I spent the first night alone in my bed, Jean was quoting something to me, and I'll come to that in a few minutes because. That's important. But the next morning, I go down to the kitchen and I hear him saying to me, Open the kitchen door to the back garden. I want to show you something. Uh-huh. So I open the door and I see sitting on the step is a tiny little chipmunk. And it's clear to me this chipmunk is in a trance. He's frozen in place. He doesn't run away, even though my feet are t- touching him. And the next thing I know, I see this little creature beginning to mimic my husband's bodily departure. He's literally taking his tiny hand and ripping with both hands at his face, mimicking the way my husband was ripping at the oxygen mask because the air wasn't getting in. And, of course, tears are pouring down my face as I watch this recreation. And I realize, even in my befuddlement, my husband is communicating with me through this little animal. I've since labeled animals, both domestic and wild, as open vessels, because Mm -hmm. spirit speaks to us through these open vessels. So after 20 minutes of the animal choking, I literally see him visibly cough up a wonk of mucus, and he's in peace. And I knew my husband was telling me, I'm okay, Jamie, I'm okay. So now, a couple of days later, I have to fax his death certificate to Verizon. And I had sent many multi-page faxes throughout the day to lots of different places, no problem. But when I had to go fax his death certificate, the cover letter goes through without a hitch, and then the machine freezes and will not fax his death certificate. (laughs) So I try again with the obit. Cover letter faxes, but the obit will not fax. I try 20 times, same thing, I give up. The next day I go to the lawyer's office. I don't say why, I just hand the papers to the secretary and I say, would you fax this to Verizon for me? I'm waiting, I'm waiting. After 20 minutes, they all come from the back room and they're all weeping, all the secretaries. They said, we tried 20 times, Jamie. The cover letter faxes, but the death certificate and the obit will not fax. He's trying to tell you he's not gone. <laughs> I go home, and I have to fax again the death certificate to another location. And again, he hangs it up. So I say to him out loud, I think you're hanging this up because I keep forgetting you're still here with me. If I promise to try to remember, will you let this fax go through in its entirety? I suddenly feel a tidal wave of love pouring into me, and I know it's Jean's way of answering me and saying, okay, I will let it go through. I reissue the facts, and it goes through in its entirety. So I'm starting to realize by this point, people are walking up to me, strangers, didn't know me, didn't know Jean, and they say, your husband says, tell our story, and they walk on. (laughs) So now, (laughs) I'm getting it, I'm getting it. So I'll give just one more example. I mean, part one of Love Never Dies is all, you know, the stories of my discovery. And then, of course, every week on Hay House Radio, I continue with the new manifestation. So here's just one more. In the early days of my bereavement, crying was a big hobby of mine. And I tell the story how I was lying on the floor in my closet, weeping, thinking I have to call my friend Ann. Don't bother her, I'm thinking. It's the middle of her work day. And, but I'm just thinking i got to talk to her. 20 minutes of this, in the distance, I hear the phone ringing. I drag myself up off the floor. I go get the phone. It's Ann. She says, Jamie, Jamie, did you call me? And I said, no, Ann. But I said, I was thinking I needed to. And she said, my phone rang and your name and number appeared on the caller ID. So we were flabbergasted that Jean did this, right? So I, I, um, I have a chest cough. It's a year later. And I am thinking, you know what? Uh, Jean, I need you to do that that caller ID phone trick. Do it this minute with my housekeeper, Donna. Call her number, put my name and number on her caller ID, and let me know you're here with me using this. Two seconds later, Donna calls. She says to me, did you just call? I said, no, but I told her I asked Jean to call her. He said, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on the (laughs) caller ID. (laughs) So around this time, I'm in a writer's group, and I'm telling all the stories of Jean's manifestations to Gabe Davis, who's the head of the writer's group, a devout Jewish atheist like I was. And he says to me, you know, I would like to see that caller ID phone trick repeated, and this time I'd like to see whether your phone call log shows a record of dialing out even though you didn't use the phone. I forget the challenge. A month later, I'm driving behind Gabe, going to meet him for dinner with his wife, Robin. Suddenly, I again feel that tidal wave of love. I know it's Jean. I look at the dashboard, and the clock says it's 4.58. I get to the restaurant. Gabe rushes up to me. He says, Jamie, you won't believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, at 4.58, my cell phone rang. He said, I looked at the caller ID. Your name and number came up on the display. I picked up the call, and a man's voice said, Is Jamie there? Is (laughs) Jamie there? He said the voice had an accent, and it prolonged the syllable. There. He said it was not a real call. The voice just faded away. It never clicked off. He said, Go get your phone and see if it dialed me at 4.58. So I dig into the bottom of my purse. I hadn't used the phone all day. Sure enough. It dialed him at 458. So the point of all these over-the-top manifestations is simple. Jean told me right after he left his body, Jamie, let our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So in other words, Jean's manifestations are not just for me. They're for everybody listening to let you know that your loved ones are here with you too. They're just waiting for you to open the door of your heart and let them back in.
1: You know, I love the story. The story,
2: and they're not really stories. I mean,
1: they're they're true stories. They, events, yeah. right? Events, things that really, really happen, and so potent and powerful that all these people are coming up to you with Joan's messages. That's incredible. <laughs> I love it. Yes,
2: yes, you know, yes, yes.
1: Dialogue. You have this technique, and so what I, what I wanted to explain to people that you you tell us in the book is that. It's not just for Dr. Jamie. This is something no. that, right. This is something that we all have the ability to do. And yes we go through that a little bit in the book. Can you tell us a little bit about that wonderful technique that you have called dialogue? Yes.
2: And yes. Now I what I would like to do if you would humor me for a second. Of because course. okay. Mm-hmm. In part two of Love Never Dies, I focus on overcoming all the obstacles because if we don't overcome all our internal obstacles our false beliefs our false religious teachings we don't even get to the point of dialoguing because we block the possibility from it even happening so can i go over a little bit of these obstacles because i want everybody listening to be able to free themselves of these obstacles before we even attempt to talk about how you can reconnect and dialogue can we go there Okay, so in part two, I talk about every obstacle known to man or woman. Now, the first obstacle that we really have to get rid of is this notion that it's not even possible for us to reconnect and stay connected. Now, remember I said when I came back from Italy, I heard Jean quoting something, and I didn't know what it was. Okay, so the next day I met with his priest to prepare the readings for his funeral. And I didn't know the guy because I didn't go to church. And I said to him, Jean is quoting something to me. I don't know what it is. So the priest raises his brow in obvious skepticism, like, you know, this babe has lost her marbles, right? (laughs) (laughs) But then when I told him what Jean was saying, the priest goes white, crosses himself, and says, Jamie, Dear God, at first I did not believe that Jean was speaking to you, but I do now. He said, You are quoting an obscure biblical passage from the communion of saints. Like I would know. (laughs) I never went to church, never read the Bible, Jean. I didn't discuss religion. I had no clue. It took me a year to understand why Jean chose to quote this one biblical passage to me, and only this one. Now, remember, he was a religious pioneer in life. He continues to be in the afterlife. The communion of saints says that our loved ones in spirit are one with or in communion with God and the saints. And what this means is, since we are supposed to, since the Bible tells us we are supposed to stay in communion and communication with God and the saints, it means the Bible is telling us we are supposed to stay in communion and communication with our loved ones in spirit because they are one with God and the saints. Okay, so Jean's point to all of us is what we've been told about the afterlife is dead wrong, if you'll pardon my pun. (laughs) Heaven is a state. (laughs) Heaven is a state, he says, not a place. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is here and now. And he said, death is an illusion. There's a very thin veil between the realm where you are and the realm where I am. I'm standing right here. So the point being... Heaven is here and now. We're supposed to reconnect with our loved ones and stay connected, and we're supposed to do it now. We're not supposed to wait until we, quote, unquote, die and enter heaven in order to reconnect with them, okay? Now, so that's a very important one. Now, another one, I'm just going to tick them off. When you read Part 2 of Love Never Dies, you know, you'll hear the full exposition because I want you to free yourself from all these false beliefs. Another really big one is, uh, well, we can't move on with our lives if we reconnect, well, it's the exact opposite. When we are grieving and marinating in our misery, we're not moving on with our lives. We are stuck. We are trapped. But when we reconnect with our loved ones, we transform our grief to joy. And now we're able to re enter our lives fully. That's moving on. We're fully in our lives. Another misconception, I hear this one all the time, is we prevent those in spirit from moving on. Again, Mm -hmm. where do they go? They don't go anywhere. They don't move on to anywhere. All I hear again and again from Jean and all my radio and patient callers, uh, my patients and my radio callers, all I hear is their loved ones saying, what else is there for me to do? It's my full-time occupation to love you. They are our spirit guides. They're here to help us fulfill fulfill our soul destiny and our spiritual growth and development. That's all their work is, is to love us and watch over us and hold our hands as we walk down the bumpy road called life and guide us to fulfill our destiny. That's what they're here to do. Now, we which, also hear, a, did you want to say something?
1: Which is very, you know, it's very, very powerful because yes. we, we just haven't, Firstly, we've never been told that. We've been told so many other things, Dr. James, and, and this yes. gives us, I think this gives us such an incredible sense of peace and, like you said, mm-hmm. joy when we when we reconnect and feel that love
2: that just never goes away. Exactly. So, And, you know, there, there are so many misconceptions. I hear them all the time. You know, oh, we're opening the door to the devil. People have been raised in Catholicism and Christianity, the notion that there's a devil or dark forces. Well, in fact, there's no such thing. Jean never spoke about devils or dark forces. I don't even believe it exists. I think it's a projection of our own unwanted dark forces, our own unexpressed rage that we then externalize out as, oh, the devil's going to get me. So the devil doesn't exist. But the thing is, even if there are less evolved spirit presences, we have something that I call internal spiritual call blocking. You don't want to take a call, don't take the call. But we can set boundaries for ourselves. And plus, our loved ones and spirit are our gatekeepers. They're here to protect us and prevent any negative influences from coming through, if there are any. So, I mean, there are so many other false teachings and false religious beliefs that I help you get just move past in Part 2. And then in the second half of Part 2 of Love Never Dies, I talk about how spirit communication is even possible. Because it's very important for all of the logical, rational people in the Western world to understand the science behind this. And essentially what it boils down to is energy, okay? What we're talking about when a being leaves his or her body and sheds the turtle shell of the body, what remains is the energy of that person's soul. And as Einstein said, energy cannot be destroyed. So they just move into uh, the afterlife, and there they are, In a spiritual or energetic form. And what we now know from quantum physics is that 95% of our universe is comprised of dark matter because it doesn't reflect light. And it is now believed that our loved ones in spirit are literally in the dark matter. That's why when Jean said, I'm standing right here, he means it literally. That's the dark matter. They don't go anywhere. They don't move to another place. They're right here in the dark matter. So essentially what Love Never Dies shows you how to do, and I want everybody in the world to know this, is we are born with the innate ability to energetically communicate. And we do this on a daily basis. If you think about it, when you're sitting at a light and you're parked in your car and you look over at the driver in the neighboring car, that driver always looks back at you, right? Because he or she senses the energetic frequency of your gaze. Twins, they know when the other is in trouble, even when they live on opposite ends of the world because they're sensing the energetic frequency, right? So what I show you here Right? It's
1: def yeah, it's definitely. I just wanted to add that when yeah. my mother when my mother presumably died and also a friend of mine when her mother died, we both just separate times weren't together whatever, but we both actually saw something leave the body.
0: Exactly,
1: wonder, which is like light or I can't ex- I can't describe You're it. You're seeing but, the soul. But, Right, exactly, exactly.
2: Leaving the turtle shell, that's exactly, what you know, and hospice workers describe this where they see the soul freeing itself from the turtle shell Mm -hmm. of the body. So I'm just demystifying all this in Love Never Dies, and I'm saying all I'm doing here, and this is where we're moving now into part three of Love Never Dies, I am showing you how to tap into your innate ability to send and receive energetic signals, which we do all the time. But now I show you how to tune to what I call the spirit channel of your brain so you can send and receive energetic signals to those in spirit. As simple as that, okay? So now in Part 3 of Love Never Dies, we're coming to how you can establish your own dialogue, your reconnection and your own dialogue with those in spirit. So the first thing we have to do we have to become more receptive because you know all of us in the western world we're always running and we're never still and we're never quiet one of the first things Jean said to me to tell everybody is Jamie the noise of the day drowns me out anytime you want to hear me be still and quiet and you will hear me he also showed me how to use a breathing exercise to bring him into my being spirit is born on the breath so in this Section in part three of Love Never Dies, I help you create what I call a state of receptivity by learning how to breathe, how to use nature, which opens us up, how to uh, find the quiet and the peaceful practices that work for you. I give you specific meditations for stilling the mind, and I also show you five exercises for opening up your five senses. Because again, spirit beings being pure energy have the ability to send messages to all of our senses. So the more our senses are open and tuned up, the easier it's going to be for us to receive the signs and the communications that are being sent to us all the time. So this now segues into the next section in Love Never Dies, which is recognizing the signs. Because so many people tell me, oh, I'm jealous of you, I'm pissed off at you, you're getting signs, I'm not. And then when they read this chapter... They all say to me, my goodness, I had no idea. I got this sign and that sign and this sign, and I just wasn't noticing. So for most people, just becoming aware of the signs is sufficient to begin the reconnection. And remember, again, because spirit beings are pure energy, they are able to influence the material world in nearly infinite ways. And the signs that they bring us are nearly infinite. They can bring us odd physical sensations, drafts, chills, temperature changes, uh, they can bring sounds, they can um, bring um, odd, odd scents, they can bring symbolic communications, butterflies, rainbows, and also you've heard pennies from heaven, they'll manifest coins on us. So this is a really wonderful example of the coin manifestation. It was the you anniversary, know,
1: yeah? No, I was just going to say yeah? that that oftentimes when when I'm connecting with my, with my deceased guides and and loved ones, I get messages like sometimes a, call, a message that I've asked a question or something, and the message yeah. will come on, on a on a license plate of a car. Yes, thank you for reminding
2: me or, of that that's another one. The so many plate. so
1: yeah. many ways, or or just absolutely my, right. My father used to smoke cigarettes,
2: and he will get a waft.
1: Uh, right, and I asked him, "Could you please not smoke in my in this house?" Because
2: <laughs> 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 That's
1: That's it, wa- it took a while.
2: <laughs> That's very you. cute. Yeah, it's infinite. So I categorized all the signs, and I was about to just tell a little story about coins because a lot of people get coins dropped on them and my a patient of mine named Kyla came in and I said, This is the anniversary week of Jean's bodily departure. He drops a lot of coins on me this week and they were always minted the year he left his body. So she blinked and she says to me, Oh my gosh, Jamie, look at my cowboy boots. I almost forgot. They were off my feet in my bedroom at home when I saw a quarter falling out of thin air, landing in the boot and I got the message, It was for you She says, Let me give it to you now So I hear Jean saying to me at this moment, you'll see, it was minted in the year I left my body. And sure enough, it was. All right. So now here's where Love Never Dies takes after-death communication to a whole nother plane. The CEO of Hay House said to me, Jamie, we've never seen anything like what you're doing next in Love Never Dies. And that's saying a lot because Hay House is the woo-woo publisher, right? So what I show you how to do now is how to establish your own dialogue with loved ones in spirit, with the help of signs, earthly props. Earthly props are generally electronic devices, right? And with the help of human and animal open vessels. So can I give an example of the difference between a static sign being dropped on us versus a dialogue with the help of
1: the signs?
2: Yes. Okay. So this is a good example. So, It was the anniversary week this year of Jean's bodily departure, and uh, I went to the chiropractor, and the secretary was there. Her name was Teresa, and we were alone in the office. I said, this is the anniversary week. Jean's been dropping a lot of signs on me. Suddenly, I smell gardenias. Now, I don't say a word, and Teresa looks up at me, and she says, Jamie, do you smell gardenias? And I said, Oh my, that's Uh a beautiful sign that Jean dropped on both of us. It's called the scent of sanctity. Okay. That was a static sign of his presence that he dropped on us both. Now I go home and I'm telling a patient of mine named Regina who desperately needs to reconnect with her sister in spirit about the scent of sanctity that I just smelled at the chiropractor with that. I hear Jean start to speak to me. And through thought induction, I hear him say, but I wish I could give you roses. Now, nobody knows Jean gave me roses every week, right? Mm. As I I hear him say, I wish I could give you roses, my patient, Regina, pops up off the couch and she says, Jamie, do you smell roses? (laughs) Now, that is an amazing manifestation because if I break it down, he was dialoguing with me using my patient as a human open vessel to validate that I heard what he said correctly. And he was also bolstering her ability to hear spirit as well. Okay? Now, I want to give everybody one more example just to show you the breadth of the ways that your loved ones in spirit communicate through human, animal, open vessels, through earthly props, in this case, a computer. It was It was recently... It was the week of anniversary of uh, the week of Valentines and I had just done the coast to coast radio show Love Never Dies became an overnight bestseller and sold out on Amazon I get Love a me. phone call from a guy I mean it was it was extraordinary I get a call from this guy and he says to me I have to talk to you your husband is burning up my brain with messages for you <laughs> <laughs> So I said, Okay, here comes an open vessel. Jean is communicating to me through this open vessel. I get on the phone with the guy and he starts telling me stuff in French and Italian. Now I know this is Jean because these are things Jean used to say to me in French and Italian. Suddenly the guy says, But Jamie, I'm a hillbilly. I don't know no Italian <laughs> That's Dude, I believe you. Your accent really sucks. (laughs) So now a couple of days after this, right, I get a call from this guy. He says, I hope you're sitting down. I said, okay, what's happening? He said, I was sitting with my hands in my lap today. It's Valentine's Day. When I hear your husband speaking to me and saying, send Jamie the photo of the peach-colored rose. Now, again, nobody in the world knows. Jean gave me not only roses each week, but they were peach-colored. The guy says, with his hands in his lap, Jean opens up a computer uh, image of a peach-colored rose. He's not even touching the computer. And there's the peach-colored rose. And then Jean opens up the name of the photo. It's called Peaches and cream. Now, the night before, this guy had said to me, your husband wants you to know your time is now, to which I replied, Jean always used to tell me the cream always rises to the top. So there it was, peaches and cream. Okay, so so these examples, right, are how our loved ones dialogue with us through human and animal open vessels, through earthly props, electronic devices, right? Now, the next thing I show you how to do in Love Never Dies is how to establish a direct dialogue. Now, a direct dialogue is where I give you my visualization and my meditation for making contact, and then you engage in a conversation, a dialogue with whomever is in spirit now you can dialogue for any number of reasons to get guidance because your loved ones are now your spirit guides as you mentioned before to say goodbye to the physical body if someone was ripped from you due to a sudden accidental death or illness if you are elderly you desperately need to reconnect and stay connected if you're a kid who lost a parent or a parent who lost a kid you need to reconnect and stay connected but what if you are among the millions who have unfinished business. Well, now I show you how to talk back and forth in order to work out the unfinished business. And we can do it in writing, we can do it by recording it. I show you step by step how to do it. But the thing I want everybody listening to realize that is so positive and uplifting about all this we assume, well, if somebody left his or her body and you hadn't worked it out, you're SOL, it's too late. And what I'm here to tell you is it is the exact opposite. Often we have to wait until someone has left his or her body in order to work it out. And this is because in spirit form, they see how they messed up with us. And in spirit form, they need to be in order to work it out with us. Now, how did I discover that they only get it when they're out of their bodies? It was only one week after Jean left his body and I went into the car garage to do car service, they didn't know me because Jean did the car thing. And I introduced myself to Debbie at the desk, and I say, Jean just left his body, and she says, you know, my, I'm a widow myself. With that, her husband starts banging down my door with a message for her. Tell her to stop making the same mistake I did with our son, because now she's creating the same power struggle I did. Well, she burst into tears and said it was true. But what struck me about the whole thing is, wow, he needed to be out of his body in order to know how he messed up. Now, there's one other thing I want everybody to know, which is also so uplifting. They need us in order to heal and evolve spiritually. They require us to face them and confront them on how they messed up with us. So our own spiritual growth and healing and emotional healing is what they need to. They're not in peace until they know we've worked it out with them. And I discovered this when Jean sent me to Lainey the bird lady's house. I didn't know her personally. She tried it to help us save our little canary, Fluffy, and she was unsuccessful. It had been many years, and he's telling me, go to her bird studio. So I drive there. I walk in, and she points out this Gouldian finch in a cage. And she says, "Look at this bird. Not looking good. Slumped over, all puffed up." She says, "This bird is going to be dead by nightfall. It hasn't eaten in two days, and it's so small. If it doesn't get food, it will be dead." So I said, "Can I try to help the bird?" She says, "Okay." I go over, and I begin to energetically communicate with the bird. I'm speaking out loud so Laney can hear me, but I'm energetically communicating. Same thing as when we communicate energetically with spirit. I tell the bird, go down to that seed bowl, and I want you to eat, and eat now. The bird goes down, starts eating. The more it eats, the stronger it gets. Now it's chirping and jumping around. (laughs) And I, I said, whoa, now I hear a spirit presence. Sounds like a mother, Lainey's mother. This woman says, I'm so sorry I was such a weakling that I didn't protect you from him. I say this to Lainey. She bursts into tears, and she says, that's my mom. She always called herself a weakling. Now I look down at the bird. The bird's looking sick again, craning its neck upward, not eating, and I realize there's another spirit presence that's making this bird sick. So I tell the bird, go back to eating. I'll help Lainey with this other presence. Now this other presence begins to speak, and it's clearly her father in spirit. And he says, I know you're still afraid of me, Because I sexually molested you, and I want you to know that I can't progress spiritually until you confront me with what I did, and then you will heal, and I will be in peace, and you must confront me. So I say this to her. She cries again, and sure enough, it was true. She was still scared of him. He had molested her. We use my dialoguing with the departed technique, and by the time I leave, she's in peace with him, and the bird survived.
1: What an incredible story! You know, I know,
2: I, mean, there's I know. So
1: much behind it. My question is: all these people that Jean is communicating through or to for you, yeah. and not just for you. Remember, yeah. Um, how do they? You know, everybody seems to be so okay with it, and, and yeah, because and, it's
2: and, love. You could feel the love. So that, see,
1: that, that's what's important. That for it's people the to love. too, Right. It's, it's a loving, and they benefit from it, too. That's, I think that's an important
2: piece. Well, that's it. When I tell every one of our stories, it's uplifting for everyone because it opens the door of your heart so that you can begin to let your loved ones back in. And there's one other thing I want everybody to get about this. You know, we all know that our purpose here on Earth is to perfect our ability to love ourselves and others. This is our love lab. That's what Earth is, right? But Mm -hmm. I am living proof of the challenge. How do you love yourself? when you were raised by abusive parents. I tell this in Love Never Dies. I was physically and verbally abused by both my parents. And I share openly how my self-esteem was not what it should be. Even though I spent 27 years with Jean, he adored me, and he always tried to lift me up, there was always this part of me, no matter how successful I was, that didn't feel good enough. I heard the voices of my parents in my head tearing me down, putting me down, and it was ripping down my confidence. So after Jean left his body, I go to my professional group, and I say to them, listen, this is tormenting me. Their voices are ruining my life. And everybody in the group, all a bunch of famous shrinks, said, well, just tell your parents' voices to shut the F up and let our voices shout them down. Like, this doesn't work. This never worked for me, never worked for my patients. So I go right. home. I get down on my knees, and I start to plead with Jean. I'm begging you, please help me. Please help me heal this. Well, all of a sudden, Jean appears to me as the embodiment of love. He Mm. takes my face in his hands. He turns me toward him and the golden light that's surrounding him. And he says to me, Jamie, listen, listen, listen to me. Let my love for you fully enter you. And in that moment, I was healed. And what I realized was I had to wait until Jean left his body, till he was freed from the human vessel for his soul and all his love to fully enter me unimpeded. And so really what I'm saying is your fast track to self-love is to allow your loved ones in spirit to reconnect with you and let them heal every corner of your soul, mind, body, spirit, emotion, and let them fill your heart as an overflowing well with love. And now all that love you can bring to the world, and that's love never dies.
1: And you know what? When we do that, Dr. Jamie, the world is is such an incredible and such a better place because that love is so very, very powerful. Yes, you are amazing. This book needs to be in everybody's hands, and I just hope that all your stories have have turned our listeners to want more and more and more. So tell everybody how they can get a hold of this book, how they can find you and your radio show, and and find more about Doctor Love.
2: Wonderful and also I have a gift if I may for your people. Please, your, yeah. Okay. All right, so you can find everything at dot askdrlove.com, askdrlove.com. You'll hear you'll see there I'm doing Love Never Dies experiential retreats where I bring the book to life for you and you can work with me in a small group live or virtually. I'm also taking those res- retreats to see Yeah. So you can come with me for Floating University. You'll see that under live appearances. And I'm um, also training others to be certified coaches. I have my first batch now. And so if you feel called to help others reconnect, apply to me and you can become one of my coaches. And soon I'll have um, a live uh, online course that will bring the book to life. And the audio book is coming soon. So there's everything on the website. And... My free gift for your listeners. Well, first of all, when you sign up for my newsletter, you will receive the preface and the intro of Love Never Dies to get you started. A lot of people do that while they're waiting for the book to arrive, okay? And then after you purchase the book, this is really cool, Jean made a manifestation during one of my talks, and it's the first manifestation I ever caught on film, and that is your free gift with the purchase of the paperback of Love Never Dies,
1: That's amazing. I I, that's incredible. Now, we know Jean is here and we're running out of time, but does he have any message other than every beautiful word that you have told us Mm. that's going to inspire us and move us forward? Any message for our
2: listeners? Well, first of all, he wants me to tell you, he loves you, that you have such a pure heart and such a beautiful soul. And he's never said that before to any host that I've spoken to. And I'm, done a lot of interviews so so that's for you and then for everybody listening this is an epigraph every chapter in love never dies starts with an epigraph which was a piece of channeled wisdom wisdom from jean in rhyme form so here's one that he wants me to say for you to you now you can allow the mystery to unfold by not believing everything you've been told
1: i love it dr jamie Turned off. Thank you so much for your time, your enthusiasm, your love, and for bringing Jean alive to our listening audience. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you for having me and take good care.
1: My pleasure. Thanks again.
2: Bye bye.
1: You have to buy this book because, not just because I told you to, but because. It will heal you. Just by reading this book, you will go through a metamorphosis and more than just one. And not only that, the techniques in here can help you connect with your loved ones to create some beautiful peace and love on earth and within your own heart. Next Wednesday, March 2nd at noon Eastern, we're going to have Bonnie Grossell, who is going to speak about creating a positive mindset for success. And for those of you who are interested, go to docwhite.org, find out more about many of my free articles. We have this new book that just came out, co-authored book, The Keys to Conscious Business Growth. Please get it. There are some incredible gifts that we have many people contributing when you buy this book, too. And remember that you are an incredible being with the ability to move forward, to power your life in every and any direction that you choose. So thanks so much for being here, and have a blessed day, blessed evening, wherever you are. You can email me at joanne at doc, B-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, and we look forward to seeing you, hearing from you again.